Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is entitled Homecoming. It was written by Thomas McKeon, who is also our game master. Our recap will be given by Jeff Wilkins as his character, Tommy Anderson, and this is episode 10. So, without any further delay, let's continue our voyage into the darkness. Jeff? Next time. It's Wednesday night, April 8th. I'm laying in this new hotel bed, replaying what just happened. Let me go back to earlier this night. We had gone to Giles' house to search for any clues. We recently found him, his body murdered and dumped in an alleyway. Fowler and I were waiting in the car and got stopped by the police and questioned. Fowler couldn't stop running his mouth and I'm afraid he gave too much away to info to the cops, but we shall see. They probably knew it all anyway. We drove off, we picked up the rest of the gang on the side street and we're off back to the hotel. As we're leaving, William and I happened to spot a man on the sidewalk. It looked exactly like the man we saw on Maine. It was too odd of a similarity for it to be a coincidence. I suggested we confront the man or else we'll never know. So we circled around the block and William actually gets out of the car to question the guy. William asked if he had been in Maine recently and the man said no. But there's something about it. William was like a dog with a bone. He wouldn't drop it. He starts to chase the man and he tried to, as he tried to, tried to walk across the street. Just then the man pulled a gun. It was a German Luger. As William pulled back and Mr. Epstein started yelling to break up the fight, the man took off running. In the last ditch effort, William pulled the boomerang he's been carrying around and let it fly. It missed, but the man would have, it would, but man would have been something. We agree that we're clearly being followed by perhaps more than one group of people at this point. We head back to our hotel. At this point, it's around 10.30 at night. Not many people are up and about. And as we enter the lobby, we see an older woman talking with the doorman. When to our surprise, Mr. Epstein recognizes her as his mother. So not only do we have the cops after us, some German guys, but we also have Felix's mother. She hands him a telegraph and she got earl- that she got earlier that day, and it seemed like it was an emergency. It's asking us to meet the stranger on top of the Brooklyn Bridge tonight. Since it's already late, we think it's best to head over there right away, even though we don't know what to expect. Is it a trap? We're cautious. We get up to the walkway on top of the bridge, and it's a lone man. He says his name's Virgil. Epstein recognizes him from the municipal office where he met Giles earlier. Virgil tells us that a while back, Giles asked him to deliver deliver a large box of papers to Timothy Tucker. The odd part was that he was asked to meet him in front of the Schubert Theater. He told us that someone searched Tucker's office. They looked like Walker's goon squad. They found a booklet that he said was weird stuff, but he didn't elaborate. He also gives Epstein Converse's home address. We advise him to leave town and we part ways. Again, we head back to our hotel. But when we arrive, we get a panicked phone call from Mr. Finley. What does he want at this late hour? He tells me that he thinks there's someone who was broken into his apartment and can we come over to help him? We barely had our coats off and we're back out the door again. We arrive at Finley's apartment and we definitely hear something or someone wrestling about and occasionally catch a glimpse of a flashlight. We're all set to rush in and confront the intruder. The door flies open and all we see is Greta Sutton, the newspaper reporter. As Greta and Finley start to argue about what she's doing in there, how she almost got shot, suddenly Professor Thompson hears the distinctive sound from outside the door of a gun being loaded. It's just enough of a warning for most of us to die for cover. William ran into the bathroom 
while Epstein crawled towards Greta and then chaos. Bullets started flying. Even though the door was closed, someone outside had a machine gun. They were just spraying blindly into Finley's apartment in the hopes of killing us all. Henry gets hit. It's bad. Blood. Finley gets hit. He's also hit bad. I heard one bullet hit, hit bone, a sound I will never forget. Hawk unloads his pistol on the shooter and turns. it turns out there's another couple guys out there too, one of which has a shotgun. Mr. Hawk gets the, gets the guys by the door, but there's one more at the bottom of the stairs. Epstein sees his chance to help Finley, gets some bandage and applies and gets some bandage to, and applied to stem the bleeding. I rush over to Professor Thompson and assist him as well, just enough to stop the bleeding. Tommy's still in the bathroom. I don't blame him. A boomerang versus a machine gun, not exactly good odds. At some point, Epstein managed to throw one of his knives into the shoulder of one of the men. Henry also got off a good shot and took off the top of the guy's head. Hawk takes some more shots at the man from the bottom of the stairs while Greta has managed to use the phone to call the hospital. Hawk hits the guy, but the guy also hit Hawk. He's hit bad as well in the stomach. Gut shot. That's not good. I look around and see my chance to act. I'm the only one left standing with a gun. Maybe this was stupid, but thankfully it worked. Knowing that the man at the bottom of the stairs had just been hit, I rush down the stairs and charge him, thinking he won't be expecting it. I get to the bottom of the stairs, point my gun at his body, and pull the trigger. It kills the man. Things are finally quiet. Epstein checks one of their wallets and finds his name with a small book showing that they had been trailing Greta's movements all day. It was clear they were here for her, and we just happened to get caught in the crossfire. The ambulance and cops arrive. We get things taken care of. The wounded are taken to the hospital. Myself, William, and Tommy are still on edge, and I'm afraid we're going back to our hotel after all this. I suggest maybe we should stop at another hotel room just for the, just for the tonight until things calm down, and then sleep takes me over, and I'm completely exhausted. Awesome, Jeff. Okay, so we're going to start uh, the morning of the 9th of April, so it's a Thursday. We are at the Gerald Hotel. It's a hotel right off of Broadway. Uh, it's in the Broadway district. Uh, there, William, Felix, and Tommy, um, you've all just kind of woken up. I'm assuming you've made your way into the living room. Greta, uh, she is now staying with you. Uh, she is in uh, the fourth bedroom. So she's kind of locked away in there. It's only you three up this morning. So oh, I don't know about you, but I didn't sleep particularly well. I had a terrible night's sleep, Tommy. I was up half the night. I don't know if it was the wear off of the adrenaline or what, but I actually just went right out. I don't I don't know if I slept that good in a long time. I was just worried someone was gonna come through the door. Well, I thought I thought I saw somebody through the door last night. Really? Like, mm. I don't know if it's all the stuff that's been happening and all the shooting last night. It really kind of disturbed me. But there was somebody standing in my room, or I thought there was somebody standing in my room when the lights was out, and uh, there was just a little bit of light coming in the window. I saw this guy standing in my room. Well, I'm sure I saw a guy standing in my room. 
and I got a fright and I put the light on, my, my light, my side light on and he was gone and uh, I don't know. I, it, it was like a well-dressed guy, but he had this horrible, horrible grin on his face. It was like evil. Oh, I'm exhausted. Hmm. But I think we need to tell Mr. Fowler about what happened last night because he won't know. Did um uh, out of game? Did did Hawk tell us his apparition story? He told Thompson in the motel, but not you guys. Okay. Yeah, that's quite a story. Maybe maybe it was just stress there, William. William just shoots uh, Tommy. I look like you can. Tommy can tell is there's genuine fear there. You know. Yeah. Whether it was a trauma of or not, it's it's like something's really affected him. What um? What are we gonna do with her? Well, we 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 can't let her go off again. All these people trying to. Trying to kill her. I mean, I, I, we'd, we'd be almost, almost culpable, surely. I think we need to protect her somehow. Even though we all nearly got killed last night. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. Well, how are we going to get in touch with our guys? We are, can we, should we just go to the hospital? Should we call Dexter and get a, get a ride over? Maybe we should call Mr. Fowler, tell him what happened, and he could pick us up. Because if, if they're... Of course, they were after the girl, but if they're after us is almost as much, then he might be in danger as well. But maybe we should check he's okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so uh, someone wants to contact uh, Fowler. Who would like to? Okay. Um, Tommy, as you approach the phone, give me an intelligence roll. Yes, 12. Um... It kind of dawns on you in this kind of like almost comical as you reach for the phone. Um, you haven't talked to Amelia Clark in like literal days. And the last time you talked to her, you said, I'm going to Maine. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, it's cold up there. We didn't have a phone, so. So... All right, I will uh, see if I can remedy that. Tommy, did you forget to call Amelia? <laughs> you silly boy. <laughs> I don't remember what I was going to call her, though, for. It seems like a lifetime ago, or at least nine yes. episodes. Almost nine episodes, at the very least. But uh, you can do that later if you'd like, uh, if you'd like to call Fowler. It's just a reminder that okay. you know, she still exists. You were going to Maine for a reason, and you just didn't call her. She has no idea where you are. She probably doesn't even know if we got to the cabin or not. Yeah. So, um, 
And not to mention, Arthur called her to get your number. So okay. the last thing that she knew was, hey, where, do you know where Tommy is? And her being like, yeah, he's here. And uh, yeah, and having that wonderful conversation with Arthur. So yeah, that was the last interaction she had with anyone who talked to you. <laughs> Right. So, um, okay. So, but uh, do you want to call Fowler? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Fowler, in your immaculately decorated apartment with, you know, posters of the show and, uh, you know, and just like just photos of your face, you know, all through the halls, um, you hear the phone ringing. <sighs> I, I gradually get up. And I glance at the phone. Yeah, this is Dexter Fowler's residence. Uh, who is this? Hey, Mr. Fowler, this is Tommy. Oh, hey, Tommy. Uh, what? Uh, why are you calling me? I was just about to go pick you guys up. Yeah, I was hoping I'd catch you at home. Um, don't go to our normal place. We, we, we got a different hotel room. <sighs> well, it's good that I was home and I was just about to leave the door. So, yes. Uh, Where's the location? What's the address? I'll go pick you guys up at. Yep, it's the, the Gerald, I think it's called. Gerald Hotel. Um, and when you get here, we'll, we'll explain why we're in a new hotel and what all happened. Okay. Uh, I will be there as soon as I can. Bring donuts. Uh, okay, I'll bring you guys donuts. All right. So, Dexter hangs up. He's on his way. Uh, where would you like Dexter to take you? The um, gun store. The gun store. <laughs> yeah. Ralph's Tommy Gun Emporium. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, on and then, 3rd and um, 27th. It's just a little kiosk in an alleyway. It's just this big roly-poly guy with like one eye. And he's like, you want a Tommy Gun? Looks like one of the anthill mobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, and, then per, and then perhaps we might drop by the hospital. To okay, see so the hospital. If her, if her friends are dead or not. Okay, the hospital. Yeah, because you haven't gotten a call from um, the hospital. Uh, Hawk, Thompson, and Marcus are at the Metropolitan Hospital. Um, so you can head over there. Uh, it's just in East Harlem, so it's not going to take that long take about 20 minutes um so we'll jump there all right so hawk is laying in a hospital bed and he wakes up oh mr hawk are you okay they're mute all right the gunshot immune him he's not got a voice he can't speak mr hawk are you all right william No, you're no. still alive. You're still alive. Thank goodness. I, uh, they were in earlier. They said that I have to stay in bed, but screw that. What exactly? I asked, hey, uh, I stay there, Clifton. I see that you're here. What exactly happened? I got shot, <laughs> and I, I I I lift up my 
nightshirt and I show him the bandage all the way across my gut. Yeah. Um, and there's a little, there's a little bit of, of fluid staining uh, the yeah. bandage. Beneath it, you can guess that there's a long incision. It's been stitched up. The doctor says I have to take it easy so I don't rip open my stitches. But the truth is, uh, I'm probably going to die of infection before any of that happens. Well, no, don't say that, Mr. Hawk. You'll be okay. Uh, don't worry about me. Uh, that's when, so you guys are in an isolated room. Um, that's when you hear a knock at the door. Um, and you see it's Marcus and he's, uh, he's wearing, uh, his gown. Um, he's got a, a, a sling over his arm, uh, from where he took the bullet in his, uh, in his left shoulder. Um, and he's got his, his mustard coat, like on his shoulders. Uh, and he's got a cigarette in his right hand and he says, uh, am I interrupting? Yeah, you're interrupting. I was just showing these people my belly wound. Yeah, it's not that bad. See, you're up and at him. Where'd you get hit? Uh, and he kind of pats his left shoulder and says, shoulder blade, shatter the entire thing. Doctors don't know if I can uh, lift up my arm over my, uh, over my chest, but fuck it. That's... I hope that wasn't your smoking arm. Nope. And he, and he <laughs> takes a drag of the cigarette. Uh, and, he, and he kind of laughs. Uh, uh, he notices hostility from, uh, from Hawk. And he kind of, you know, motions to you and says, what's your problem? I said, we got to get out of here. And I, 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 I throw my cur uh, the bedclothes back and swing my legs over to the side and grimace from the pain. Do you, do you need help there, Hawk? And Not I cut. Okay. Those hospital gowns don't close very well, do they? Not for the all back. in here. What the hell do you care? It's not like you haven't well, seen bits and pieces before. <laughs> and back I, then, everybody took showers together. So. <laughs> We know that from Reign of Terror. Um, oh, my clothes. It's, it's the 30s. There was no subtext then. Men, men could quite happily share a double bed together. There was, there was no hint of anything. Um, your clothes are neatly Lauren folded in, uh, in a visitor's chair, uh, which is just uh, off to the side. William, could you hand me, hand me those pants? Are you sure, are you sure you're sure. for this, Mr. Hulk? Oh, looks so good. It it is what it is. I can lay here in bed, or I can help you guys investigate. And I'm damn not gonna lie here in bed. Um, I'd like William to give me a spot hit. No. No. Okay. Um. So Marcus then says, uh, are you sure you shouldn't be uh, laying up in bed? He got shot in the gut. You know? You guys all sound like my mother. Well, you sh I understand you want to help out, but are you sure you're up to the task? Quit asking me if I'm sure. I'm getting up and out of bed. I'm putting my stuff on. 
he's literally getting undressed and uh, and, and putting on his uh, his pants now. Um, that's when uh, uh, you, you kind of hear rushed footsteps, uh, and Marcus he he kind of takes a drag and he leans out, and he sighs. Smoke comes out and he says, uh, "Just give me a sec." And he uh, steps out. Uh, and he turns the corner and begins walking. And that's when you can hear voices interacting, Marcus and two other voices. Um, and it's Bethany and Samantha. And they, you can hear that they were horrified. They got the call that Marcus called them and said he was at the hospital. They're horrified. He's trying to calm them down. Um, so, yeah, so you guys are relatively alone. Okay. I, uh... I don't. And I don't think you guys brought Greta. I don't think that was specified. She was still asleep, hey, anyways. I tell you what. I tell you what. I did bring Hawk, and I'll, I'll reach into my um, into my jacket pocket and uh, produce a big bunch of flowers. <laughs> oh, oh, don't don't let me. <laughs> no, no. I I put my hand on the on Tommy's shoulder, and I go, and I point at the door, and I'm saying. Is that asshole smoking in my hospital room? I mean, does he know that there's oxygen? <laughs> Oxygen's explosive. <laughs> I'm sure it's all right. The nurse didn't say anything. Oh, all right. I'm afraid if I drink any water, it's just going to come shooting out. We don't call him Marcus anymore. Uh, we, we call him the mustard tiger. No? When, when, when we're alone, I had a very strange dream. I'm tired of these fucking dreams, but we'll talk about it when outside parties aren't here. Has anybody heard about Professor? Uh, how, what happened after I left? I don't have any idea what happened. Obviously, you guys made it. So you guys tell me, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, see if I can flag down a nurse or something, see if I can find out what happened to Thompson. Sure, yeah. A nurse is walking down, um, and you flag her down. She said, yes, sir. I was just curious, the, the, the guys that came in last night with the gunshot wounds, if you have any news about Mr. Thompson. Oh yes, uh, the doctor. Um, and she uh, she kind of goes over to uh, to a big bin and it's got folders in it and she begins kind of rifling through, pulling out one and flipping through it. Uh, and she says, "I'm sorry, sir, but he's still critical. Hmm. Uh, the uh, the bullet it um, it perforated a lung, uh, and they couldn't get all the fragments out." So he's got three broken ribs and the perforated lung and some internal bleeding. Uh, he's going to go in for another round of surgery today. When, when you guys uh, are kind of, we're in kind of quiet room, I say, who did you guys piss off? I don't think like, it was us. What, what did you, you guys said that you thought that it was Greta they were after. Greta? Why? Irish mobsters, Mr. Fowler, after Greta. Why such a, a strong response to stupid investigator, a journalist? Maybe she knows more than she's told us already. It's got to be something more. So, 
I'm, I'm just I'm just getting pieces here. Uh, so Greta was what exactly happened? You, you found you met with Greta or what? Sorry, I should have been there, but I was. I had an emergency meeting with uh, the executives about. We got a call from Finley. Yeah. We went to Finley's apartment. Greta was had snuck into his apartment and she was looking for shit. And then, in the middle of confronting her, we got shot. That's look. Everything now has gotten so bad. The first thing that we need to do is we need to get that ledger into the hands of the people who need it. And maybe once that investigation, once we're out of that loop, we're not going to get shot at anymore. You don't tootin'. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that Timmy is alive. I think these gangsters done him in. Yeah. Well. Except that they don't know where the ledger is. Why wouldn't they have torn his apartment apart, apart if they'd have thought that he was involved? Uh, his house. I mean, not his apartment. I have a feeling he's still alive. He otherwise, be. otherwise, they would have done that. Yeah, you know what? I agree with William here. Uh, I think he's still alive. They're trying to get information out of him. If they if they kill him, they don't know where the ledger is. They're, he's not. Maybe he's you know keeping quiet. Who really knows? As far as I know, anything can happen. Let's get uh, the hell out of here and head over to the bank. And uh, I got to get discharged. Nurse, nurse. And as he begins calling for a nurse, that's when uh, when Bethany and Samantha they kind of come in and they see Hawk uh, getting up, buttoning up his shirt, the bandage around him. Uh, and Samantha, you can see that there's like a sigh of relief, like she thought you and Marcus and Thompson were dead from the phone call that she got. Um, and she just, she just says, oh, my God. And, and Bethany, she begins looking uh, across the room. Uh, but she lingers on, on Felix and says, well, I'm glad you're all okay. Um, what? <laughs> uh, good job, Felix. Uh, she then says, what's going on? What, what happened? What, what do you think is going on? Marcus told us the bits and pieces, but we don't understand what's happening. We don't understand how this ties into anything. We're not sure that it does. We're not sure that we had anything to do with this, this shooting. It might have been somebody else. Uh, we might have just gotten caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. But there are some bad people out there. I suggest, strongly suggest, that you and Bethany get out of here. Go somewhere else. Go wherever you feel safe. Go back to Boston. Um, if there are bad guys and they find out that Timothy was involved, they might come to your house. They might. They might. She, 
she scoffs, Bethany scoffs at that, um, saying, we already have people following us now. I'm not leaving until we find Timothy, dead or alive. And she kind of, and she turns to Samantha, and Samantha meekly kind of nods. Um, she's a little tentative about this, but she wants to see this through. And what if the dead yes. or alive is you? Uh, well, she, she kind of... Uh, let, the, us the, find, the, let us find Timothy, and you go someplace safe. She, uh, and Marcus, he kind of steps into the room and says, I agree with Hawk. You, know, you ladies aren't safe at this point, you know? If they're coming to my apartment shooting up, they're going to come after you at the house. Um, yeah. I'm third on this. I, I kind of think... Quite surprised they haven't already. Um, sorry, Clifton. Uh, yeah, you guys, this is... It's getting pretty dangerous. Uh, I wasn't there, but they were telling me that it's it could be worse for you guys. So I would say try and leave a low profile and try and go somewhere else, and we will try and keep get in touch with you. Uh, at all this, uh, you can see that Bethany's angry, um, which is not an odd expression for her to have. Um, and she kind of walks out, Samantha uh, kind of rushing behind her to kind of stop her. And Marcus, he nods and says, I'll talk to him. I'll talk some sense into him. And he, uh, and he follows them out. And you can kind of hear him uh, trying to talk with them. He closes the door behind him. So you are in the process of getting discharged, Hawk. Where would you all like to go? Um, when he closes the door, uh, could I kind of see if I can listen to like their conversation, like you know, through or are they talking too softly? Well, they've gone down the uh, the hall. They've turned the okay. corner. They're probably heading outside. Okay, I thought I would try it. I assume we go to the bank. We retrieve the ledger and we head straight to um, wherever we're supposed to go. Do we know where we're going to go to? The the sea sea biscuit or whatever his name was, I'm not thinking straight right now. Seabury Sea Commission. Yeah, uh, there's no real. I mean, they, they don't just post, you know, Seabury Commission and an arrow. Uh, the, the the closest thing that you guys would know is uh, the state capital, Albany, with Albany. the with the governor's uh, the governor's estate, but that's really it. That about three hours from here? Yeah. Well, surely there are some lawyers or something involved, this Hofstetter or whatever, that uh, they're looking for evidence. Yeah, you could go to the district attorney's office and, and, and talk to them. They're part of the prosecution with the state, so the district attorneys would probably be a safe bet. What about, <clears throat> what about Greta? I don't think she'd know what to do with the ledger. Well, she's, a, she's a reporter, right? She's, she's the one who knows all the people, who knows all the, <sighs> I assume, are the bad people. Yeah, like, I don't know Greta personally, like, but she seems, 
yeah, she seems kind of dangerous. Let's let's she's not involve Leon Rice. He's a, the. Um... But we could use her. I think. Uh, I think we shouldn't involve any more people than we have to. We I'm know what we've got, right? She's already. But she doesn't know about the ledger. That's what I'm saying. If we tell her about the ledger, number one, it might give her more information for her story that she might be able to connect more dots than we could. And number two, she knows who the good guys and the bad guys are in this. And she might be able to even just tell us, oh, yeah, you need to just hand that over to so-and-so and he'll be able to mm. get it in the right hands. But You're remember, making a lot of assumptions about what she knows and doesn't. Yeah, you know what? I'm I just basing on the fact should... that she's a reporter. She's yeah. Well, right? I think we should definitely uh, get her involved. Um, remember also, Tommy, that the police officers last night, um, they told you... Um, but, yeah, that's something that... Did we tell? Did, we, did you tell them, Tommy, what happened? Uh, Tommy told the police um, last night essentially what happened um, and what the police said was if this is in connection with because he mentioned the the investigation if this is in connection with that someone with the State Department would come and question them if they believe that this is a uh, in conjunction with the investigation of corruption so well I meant the I meant the senior police officer and I can't remember his name and uh, they talked to us? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, last night it was just some officers questioning them about the uh, the attack, the shooting. Um, I, I just want to mention that realistically in the game we have, a, we have access to the morning news that we see on the newspapers everywhere, there's probably been stuff plastered in the newspapers about who's investigating who and what. So we would know Hofstetter and Seabury and uh, the news, the paper. Uh, it's going to be corrupt. So I don't really list take that to heart. Why would you say that? They'd stand on the corner. Extra, extra. Hofstetter begins investigation of, uh, you know. <laughs> well, let's take it one step at a time. For now, where would you like to go? I, well, you okay. I think the bank's a good idea, but I just want to remind everybody, you remember we also have the key for the uh, P.O. box? So, and the other thing that we found out yesterday was that the Virgil told us he dropped off boxes to the the Schubert Theatre Broadway. Also, you guys left all of your stuff at the hotel, if you remember correctly. You guys yeah. went. You guys went immediately over to the new hotel. You didn't stop to get your stuff. Get it during the daytime. Yeah. If it's still there. Well, the post office might be right near the bank, so. There's a post office, yeah. I mean, we can kill uh, two birds with one stone. We got to yeah. find the right, the right post office, but. Yeah. It's the one in the nearest house, so that's only a 15 minute drive from where you are now. Not that far. All right. So we'll, is that closer than the bank? Yeah, it's closer to the bank. All right. 
I can also find out if they found out who Mr. Uh, w. Darby is. Oh, that's the one in Queens. Yeah. Mm. Unless you guys went to that exact same bank to drop off the ledger, which we can say no, yes. Whatever. Okay. Maybe, maybe we did. Maybe that's where we... So we've got to go to the post office, then we'll could go you, to the... Could you perhaps telephone the bank in, in Queens? Well, if that's where the ledger is, then... Yeah, you just say that's where the ledger is, so you guys can head down there anyways. Okay, okay. Um, okay. Are, are, we, are we forgetting Greta, or are we just letting her go on her own then? Did well, Greta I, come I, with I, you I, to the hospital? No. I, th I think we should go back to the hotel and... Uh... She could hide out at the hotel. Nobody knows she's there. Yeah, yeah. I think probably actually she'd be safer at the hotel than she would be roaming around with us. Why don't we go back to the hotel and tell her we'll be back with more information. We'll do our trips, uh, the post office and the bank, and we can go back and talk to her then. What we okay. could say to Greta is, in your opinion, who would be the best person to talk to if we had a piece of evidence in this case we don't say exactly what it is, the ledger, because we don't really want her involved, but we do want to know who we would try to get it to the hands of. Maybe she would know where the headquarters is. Okay, so which are we doing first, the hotel or the bank? I don't know which or what order um, is it, the most. In my head, it would be post office, hotel, bank. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because... Uh, post offices in um, Garment District or nearby the Garment District, then uh, uh, Broadway, which is where the uh, the hotel is, and then Queens is all the way over here. Ah, uh, well, if the hotel is um, Broadway, then perhaps while we're uh, in the in the area of the hotel, that might be a good time to check out the Schubert Theatre. I yes. think good idea. Schubert Theater is like four blocks away from the, it's also pronounced uh, the Gerard, it's German. But, but, okay, well, I, we can do that. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to see. It's a big theater. It's a big Broadway theater. What are we looking for? A sign that says, here's where the boxes were dropped <laughs> But whatever, it's on the way. Let's go. All righty. So, post office first. Who had uh, the letter and the key? Hawk. Hawk had that? Okay. I, did. Mm -hmm. I, I remember, very clearly remember giving you the key when I found it. The bullet must have hit the key and bent it. That's what saved my life. Oh, don't worry about that. I can bend those. <laughs> Look. You got, you got Yuri Geller magic. All right. Who? Uh... He's that name sounds foreign to me. I had a vision of him in the future. What, like some con man who pretends to bend yeah. things? Um, All right. Makes friends with a dodgy guy with a monkey. So the post office, it's, it's wedged between two other shops. Um, it's very small, very long. Um, when you walk in, you see that there is a... Uh, there's a desk with a man who's kind of leaning like this. It's, it's early-ish in the morning, like 8.30, um, and he just looks exhausted. He's just leaning there. Um, and there is a small little, um, 
was a little uh, hole in between the desk where you can slip in to where the PO boxes are behind him. And so as you enter, he goes, can I help you? Um, show him the key. Um, and he takes it. Uh, and he begins filing through some paperwork on the desk. And he just sighs and goes, sir, this box is overdue. Yeah, we'll pay for it. How much? Four dollars. Jesus Christ! Wow, that's just, that's a lot. That's a lot of cash. Well, right. that's, that's okay. Cause I seem to recall that uh, Hawk has eleven dollars in his, um, his pocket. How how much overdue is it? It's about a month overdue. Four dollars. Four dollars out, and I hand it to him. Four dollars is like seventy bucks. So, um, and and he takes it and he opens up the cash register <laughs> beneath the the desk, slides it in, um, fills out a piece of paperwork, and says, "Down this aisle," and he hands you back the key. All right. Oh, thanks, thanks, Felix. Yeah, I took a bullet for you. <laughs> I saved your life. Well, right. I mean, you were All right. then we're even. Time, but it was me. I guess that's worth the four bucks. Just so you know. So you see, PO PO box one eleven. Um, it's near. Uh, it's near eye level. Um, Hawk, you've got the key. Would you like to open it? Anybody want to do the honors? I open it. I stand back a few feet. <laughs> All right, Fowler. Um, I'm going to open my mouth and cover my ears. Yeah, you, you put the key in, turn the latch, open it up inside. It's a small slot. Like, it's a small little P.O. box slot. Inside, you see a brown paper sack. Okay. Uh, I pull lunch. out this sack. Um, you can see that it's bunched up. There's something inside all bundled up. Is it kind of squarish? Like money? Um, kind of. Cash? Okay, I unwrap, I open it up. Be careful. Keep that. I, I know. I, I carefully I open it up. If, if it's baloney, um, I'll have one. Yeah. As long as it's on rye. That's actually a pretty good. Uh, that sounds really good. So what um, exactly is in there? Check your messenger, uh, Fowler. And uh, as for who's the box is, it is Giles. You remember Giles had this key in his, uh, in his house. Okay. Let me know when you read... Uh, I, uh, so, so Fowler opens the bag and he's just like looking inside. I get, I get so many cravings from you people on this show. Not only one of the bologna sandwich. <laughs> Meatball subs. I haven't got it yet, but just give me a second here. That's fine. Take your time. So, what's in the fucking bag? He's just, he's just looking in. I'm looking in it. Uh, it's just a, the bucket of truth. Now you're. Your brain is fried. 
He must be sore, Tommy. He's getting grumpy. <laughs> oh, shit. It's a body part. It's shit? No. <laughs> oh. I... Was he planning he... to set it on fire and leave it on someone's doorstep? <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, cock, you should look at this. And... All right. Inside, you see several wads of $100 bills. Inside the bag is $10,000, the modern-day equivalent of $200,000. Right, let's go to Panama. I'm like, there's nothing in this. (laughs) Whatever it is. Hey, give it. Give it. Letting it five ways. I'm, I'm thinking South Sea Islands. Uh, let's let's two, take this two thousand dollars each. I mean, you know that'll pay for the boys' tuition fees. Fowler can get a great big bronze statue of himself <laughs> to uh, stare I, at. I, I can finally and, get stats. Uh, and I'm off to Tijuana. Where the hell is Tijuana? It's um down south. It's the magician's mecca. Well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to uh, Shambhala. So, so this was Gail's money, yeah. Yes. I immediately look around to see if anybody is observing whoever is opening this box. No one is here. It's dead quiet. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, let's let's get out of let's get out of here. Um. This is evidence in a crime scene. We need to. I need to keep this. Uh, you should keep it safe with me there. Yeah, uh, we don't have to keep it, it safe. Well, we're going to split this up when we get back. But for um, now, we need to at least make note that what we of what we found. Take eleven dollars commission, Mister Hawk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, only hundreds in there, so I'll take eleven hundreds. <laughs> um, wow! Like I'm like. Let's let William carry this money because he's the honest one. Well, him or Tommy. I'll I'll look after it. Give it a look, though. I mean, is it it definitely real money? It's definitely real money. Let's let's not look at it. Was there anything else in that box? No, nothing else. Just the money. This is a payout for something that Giles was doing. Yeah, that's... What's surprising is that he was murdered in the back alley and they didn't come and get their money. But they might. Let's get out of the, let's get the Yeah, let, let's like, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, it's just. Let's just go. Act like, act like not rich people. Okay. Um, William, William kind of swaggers a bit. He can't help it on the way out. Waiting for Tommy to get the door for him. I'm like, <laughs> It's the big lump in his back pocket. <laughs> so, um, you guys walk out of the post office. The guy, he kind of waves at you and goes, have a nice day. And then he's have, like, a nice, have a nice day, and I kind of, like... Um, I would like to have um, Tommy, Hawk, and William give me a spot head. I was going to say, William's a bit nervous about all this enemy, so he's checking the street out. I got a 16 out of 70, so that's almost 
an extreme. Okay. What did you guys get, Tommy and uh Appealed. Oh five. Ooh. Damn. All right. So Tommy. Um you, Hawk, William are the first ones out the door. You're looking around, you're paranoid. You see a guy, he's just standing there at a bus stop. He's got a newspaper in his hand. Um on one of the pages that is that's facing you, um it's like the third or fourth page. So you can, there's still listings, there's still articles, but it's, it's not front page news. Um, but in the, what you see, big bold letters, um, city employee found dead. So as we're walking towards the car, there's probably a newspaper machine or newspaper boy. I grab a newspaper. Okay. Does anybody uh, have a quarter? All I've got is hundreds. Won't take hundreds. I never have change when I need it. Um, I I so I open it up. All right. Um. So then, Hawk, go ahead and read this. Can you see it? Yeah. <clears throat> you see, city employee found dead, New York, New York, early this morning. In a new, in the north end, let's get in the car while I'm reading this because I think I know what this is about. In a north end tenement building, tenements reported an open door on the third floor. A woman who first reported the open apartment door, Ruth Granger, uh, recalled smelling a faint odor of methane and suspected a gas leak. The apartment's landlord arrived on the scene to repair the leak and, if necessary, clean the floor. However, what he found was beyond imaginable. Police were called by the landlord to investigate a strung-up body of a young man named Virgil Bleeker. Virgil. We've heard that name before. Uh, Virgil Bleeker. Uh, the deceased young man working at the municipality building after earning a bachelor in civil science and architecture. Is this the guy who met us on the, on the bridge? Yes. Shit. Uh, had, according to police, hung himself at some point during the night. According to medical examiners on the scene, the act was committed between 2 and 3 in the morning. The deceased used an electrical cable from a floor lamp as a noose, tying it around his neck and a banister in the living room. When asked to comment on the discovery, uh, the New York Police Department at One Police Plaza informed outlets that from what we discovered on scene, we're treating this as a suicide, though anyone with information regarding Mr. Bleeker is being asked to come forward for questioning. Virgil Bleeker, 23, was an employee of the city planner's office, a one of several departments of New York City's government under investigation for corruption by the state. When asked if there was any connection between his death and the ongoing investigation by the Seabury Commission, Deputy Commissioner Maxwell Hoggins said, there's no connection between the suicide of Mr. Bleeker and any ongoing or concluded state investigation. Bullshit. Uh, so, I, I'm asking, I, I ask, so, so you, you knew this guy? This or? guy talked to last night on the bridge. Um, I never talked to anybody. Well, you guys must have. So you weren't there. I know I wasn't there. I'm. They would have told you, uh, uh, Ballard. Weird. 
Uh, and so. So he's dead. What, what did, he, did he exactly say? If I'm sorry, if I'm. What exactly did he say? Well, he told us that uh, Giles and Timothy. Who was it who gave him the box to take to the Schubert Theater? Was that Giles? Timothy. Yeah, Giles, yeah, Giles gave Virgil a box and said, go take this to Timothy. And then he delivered the box to Timothy at Schubert Theater. He suspected that there were strange, that there were things going on in that office. And apparently there, well, we already know there were. And uh, they murdered him. Wow. Damn dirty business. These guys are just killing everybody in Boston. Felix, um, getting away with it. Felix, you better call your mom. Tommy, give me an intelligence roll. Fifty-nine is a pass. It's almost like they're cleaning house. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's a trail, and they're just following the trail. Yeah. That's what I mean. You better call your mom, Felix. Well, consider also that they may have tortured this man before they killed him, in which case he might know they might know our names. They might know that they that he talked to us. That's not so unreasonable to assume. I I'm gonna call my mother. Okay. So you uh, rush over to a a payphone. Um, you call. It rings, it rings, it rings, it rings. Um, but then you hear a click. Hello. Hello, dear. It's it's Felix. Oh, you called. Yes, darling. I I I'm I'm so sorry to bother you, but um, um, I I don't, I don't have time to explain, and I really don't want you to worry. But um, I th I think it might be a good time for you to um to go and visit um, Auntie Judy in the Catskills. Why is that? Uh, something wrong? Well, it seems that that, gentle, that young gentleman who, uh, who sent me the, uh, the telegram, he was, uh, he was a bit of a, um, a bit of a nasty character. And um, some people might come looking for him. And, and, and I really, uh, I, I'd prefer it if, uh, if you didn't have to talk to people like that. So it, it might be best if you um, just take a little holiday. But, uh, but Felix, the police, they told me not to leave. And uh, when, when, when did you talk to the police? This morning they came and they were asking about you. They said that... Uh, but they uh, they just wanted to talk to you. Uh, they asked me where I, they could find you, and I I gave them the hotel's address and the room number. Oh well, that's um. I wouldn't worry too much about them. You you go and um, as long as you're still in 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 New York State, you'll you'll be perfectly all right. They, that that won't upset them. Right. Um. I'll, I'll get packing and I'll take the first train out. That's right. Do you, do you have enough money? I gave you some money before. That, sh that should be enough. Give me enough money, Felix. I'm fine. Right. And I'll, 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 um, 
I'll give her the number of the uh, the hotel. Now, this is this is this is where I am. Um, you can leave a message for me here. You've changed um, hotels. Yes, yes. I can't I can't tell you where it is um, because I'm I'm I can't remember. But um, I uh, once once you arrive at Auntie Judy's. Um, uh, just, just let me know. Send a message to the the desk for me, um, and I'll I'll get in touch with you there. Oh, all right. Um, be safe, Felix. I don't. Yes, know. And, and and you too, dear. Don't tell anyone where you're going. Okay. All right. And uh, and she just kind of hangs up. You're gonna hear the rattle of the the phone on the hook as she kind of wobbles it onto the the hook. So. Right, I'm I'm properly angry now. They've been around messing with my bloody mother, trying to run it. Did I hear any of that? You, you're, you're probably all kind of standing there. You may not have gotten everything from the mom, but you definitely heard everything from Felix. Yeah, he said. Yeah. Yep, the cop, the cops have been around there. It sounds like the bent cops, and uh, they've they've been putting the frighteners on my mother. What if they watch the place? Well, she's she's off to visit. Um, to visit her sister, her little sister. So, um, nothing suspicious in that, an elderly lady visiting her sister for the weekend. Yeah. Okay. What's next on our agenda? Uh, the hotel? Schubert Theater was next. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I suggest we just start grabbing people by the throat and saying, Where's this Tucker fella? Also remember that you have Converse address. Yes. Um, if you want to follow up on that end. I just forgot that. Um, forgot that clue too. You know, here's something, an observation. If they had Timmy Tucker and they killed him, wouldn't we have found, wouldn't we know? Wouldn't he, they have hung him in a room somewhere or, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like they're trying to hide these bodies. Yeah, I was going to mention that earlier. They're either really sloppy or they actually like just don't care. They're trying to send a message. I was going to say, Thomas, I don't know if this would be considered like rewinding, but I would think that if you're hired to find somebody, one of the first things you would do, which we didn't do, is to call a morgue and find out if there's any bodies. Yes. Um, Marcus, done that. Yeah. yeah, Marcus has said that uh, told Hawk on the porch that he tried basically everything. He tried uh, trains. He can go to all the trains. He tried trains. Uh, he tried calling cab services. He tried the bus service, uh, and there was nothing. But he never said anything about a morgue service. Um, you could try that, but there's so many in New York. It's like it'd be. There's, there's easily uh, over a hundred right now. It'd be very time consuming to call each and every one of them. Well, and calling wouldn't do any good because it would probably be John Doe. Yes, if he didn't have his identification card, it would be John Doe. But if he did, they would have just called anyways. They would have been like, Timothy Tucker, this is his address, let's call the number. Mm -hmm. But it's a, it's a good point. I mean, we do need to find out he could also be injured in a hospital somewhere. And if he's unconscious and doesn't have his ID, 
same thing. Just be a John Doe, yeah. yeah. Um, so all of those avenues do need to be explored. That's a good point. It's a good point that I didn't even think of. All right. So you guys piled into the car. I remember you guys saying that. So you're off to Schubert Theater. Okay. Schubert Theater, or where are we going to start for Greta first? Oh, you can start with Greta first if you'd like. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just confused. I thought we were bringing her with us so that we could protect her. And was I just wrong in that interpretation? I heard no. some people said they wanted to leave her at the hotel, and then that, you said, I want to bring was, her. That was right, Jeff, but I think uh, it was said that she might be safe because that was a new hotel, and we're guessing that we weren't followed there. It might be safer for her to kind of hide out for a while. But we were going to go in and check on her, yeah. Okay. Then then maybe we could, could should we fast forward in the, like, could we just call her then, call her hotel room? Oh, yeah, you can just call the hotel. You're at the payphone. Why don't we okay. do that and save a trip? So, uh, so Tommy, you're, you're, you're calling ahead. Um, so, you, so you call the number. Um, someone immediately picks up uh, Groggy. Hello? Hello, Ms. Sutron? And immediately, yes. Uh, who is this? This is Tommy from last night. Oh, Tommy. Ugh. Uh, and she kind of chuckles to herself and says, uh, "Did you did you leave?" And you can kind of hear her kind of take the the phone receiver and open a door. I didn't hear you guys leave. Yeah, that's that's why I was calling. I just want to let you know that we're already off and looking into things to find out about last night. And we just thought it best if you stay at the hotel and stay, you know. Uh, well, are you sure? Where where are you going right now? Uh, where are we going? We're going to Schubert Theater and then the bank. Theater. We're going to the theater. We're going to catch a show. No. Okay, so you're going to to a theater. Uh, which one? Schubert Theater. Schubert. It's a long shot. We don't expect it to go anywhere, but it's just something we need to follow up on. And you hear literally Schubert Theater, like she's writing it down. Yeah. Um, and she says, "Well, um." Okay, and you hear her uh, begin writing some other stuff down. She says, well, uh, maybe I should just uh, head down to the library or something like that. I can follow up on this end uh, if you'd like. I mean, we can't stop you from leaving, but with all these people that are turning up dead and the fact that they sent an army just for you last night, you better make sure you're, you're safe there. Right now, nobody knows where you're at. Maybe I can just call some people. There are people at my office that are going to be wondering where I'm at. Um, yeah, no, uh, after last night, I should just stay put. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and my, I'll call my office. I'll, I'll say I'm sick. Tell her not to call her office because we don't know how they knew where she was. Uh, how they knew what her itinerary was, where she was going, and anything. We found that notebook that they were following her all day long, weren't they? Right. They may have been getting information from somebody in her office. I wouldn't take the chance. Okay, I hand the phone over to Mr. Hawk. <laughs> I say just, just stay there, lay low, uh, 
Don't worry about your friends. You're you're fine. Are we'll, you? Uh, are you sure, Mister Hawk? Yes, I think that uh, he, you're obviously in some danger. I'm, and she kind of just stutters, and but then just okay. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll wait here then. And you can hear that she's there's a little bit of disappointment. She's feeling clearly antsy. She says, "Whatever, whatever you say, whatever you need." Thanks. She hangs up. All right, she's not going to stay there. She's a freaking reporter. She's going to have to get out and find out what the hell's going on. And she is going to be one big pain in our ass as this goes on. We're going to rescue. She's going to be the damsel that we have to rescue over and over and over again. The perils of Pauline. It's going to be just like that. Oh, son of a bitch. Don't, stra- don't stress. Don't strain yourself there, uh, Clifton. Um, you could rupture something else. What are you, you, you're a doctor now, in addition to your, your many <laughs> hey, talents. No, I've 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 been I've been through what Clifton has. I've been shot at a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's get over to the series now, isn't there? Dexter Fowler, MD. So as 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 the as the the it, the tosses are back and forth as Fowler drives. Um, and literally, he puts the breakdown. I'm imagining Felix just being like, "Can you imagine the episode of Dexter Fowler, MD, where a deep one comes in and he's gonna put it back together?" Uh, no, but uh, so you guys pull up. Um, Schubert Theater is one of the nicest theaters in 1930s New York. Um, it's a pretty beautiful theater. Yeah, it's uh, literally right on the corner. Um, and you can see banners that are hanging down. Uh, Peter Epstein. Uh, it's, star- it's starring Dennis King, uh, who's a very famous actor right now. Um, people are, are uh, walking ba- back and forth. It's Broadway, so it's, it's lively. And this is before Broadway kind of became like the trash heap of New York. Um, so Fowler is parked out on the street. Stairway leads up to the front doors of the Schubert Theater. Uh, who? Wh- what do you guys want to do? I think let's. I don't know why we're here, but. Um. You know what? Let's go. Let's go to the back. Um. The back is a loading dock. Um. If you'd like to go around back, you'd have to go cut through an alleyway and then. Um, and, and yeah, so you can do that. That's fine. Um, That's what I'm going to do. Right, I've, so. got an, I've got an idea or a suggestion. Is it, it was Con, Converse uh, that sent the boxes, yeah, via Timothy? Giles no, sent the boxes. No, via, Giles, yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Giles via Virgil. Is that right? Yeah, Giles sent the box via Virgil, through Virgil to Timothy. Do we have a photograph from the newspaper of Virgil without him being hung up? I mean, is there a normal photograph of him? I'm sure you could probably find one, probably at like a library or something like that. I'm just wondering if we can show his face, because otherwise how do we make a connection to do with the boxes? Seems a bit bizarre. Well, he also said that he handed the boxes off at the steps of the Schubert Theatre. 
Timothy was just waiting outside. He handed it to him, and then Timothy walked inside. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking, is that uh, Timothy might be hanging out here. Yep. So maybe we could describe We still have a photo of Timothy, though. Yeah, right? yeah we've, we've got a proper photo of him. So I have a photo of Timothy. Show that to somebody. Let's okay. do that. So, Fowler, are you still going around the back, or are you going to cut up through with everybody else? Uh, I'm going to cut... I... I thought that I wasn't there, so I thought he would go to the back, but since they're saying that he went to the front, I'm going to go up to the front, too, with them. Okay. Um, so the group uh, heads up to the front doors. Um, so during the day, Broadway her, uh, shows are usually doing rehearsals, uh, but at night, you can tell that this place is packed. As you walk through the double doors, um, huge auditorium with uh, a concession stand uh, and an open bar. Uh, the bar is closed, so is the concession stand, but usually this entire area would be packed with people uh, during, uh, before the show opened, the, the doors open, and then during intermission. Um, go ahead, and I'd like everyone, to, does anyone have an architect skill? Hey! Architect skill. Yes, the architect. The architect sketch. No. All right. Photography. Uh, and by the way, uh, Tommy, that this is a photo of the Schubert Theater in Cincinnati. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, right. I was. I was like. I was like. This is definitely not the same Schubert Theater. It's definitely smaller. Um, is that like a suburb of New York? Yeah, Cincinnati. It's just like a little tiny. It's like it's near Soho. Um, anyways, um, no one has architect. Um, so, Soho's in London, though, Thomas. Is it? No, Soho's in New York. No, there's a Soho in New York. Yeah. So, Soho's in London. It's. No, oh, you're, you're mistaken. <laughs> I've I've been there. <laughs> I used to drink in its many overly pretentious pubs. I'm sure there's one no. in both. <laughs> there's one in both. There's actually Soho Manhattan. So um, no one has an architect skill. Can I have uh, everyone give me a spot hidden then? Yes, that is more. That's yes. That's that's it. Holy yes. shit. Okay. I get an O one. Okay. So, um, with that O one, that's going to be a problem. Let, let's let's see if he makes this. Uh, Fowler, give me an intelligence roll. That might be more difficult. <laughs> Damn! All right. William's feeling sassy. <laughs> It's all that money. It's gone to your head. <laughs> just give me a second here. I'm, I'm just going to... I'm richer than you, You're Fowler. speaking like a rich man now, eh? Mr. Epstein, what's this? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I do pass my intelligence. Fowler. Um, it looks up... It looks like... Um, Several portions of this building are new. Um, 
Like they're like it looks like new floor, but original ceiling. Um, it, it looks like there are some parts of the actual building that look completely brand new, as opposed to some sections that seem, you know, more dated. Like, hey guys, it seems like they did remodeling here. Uh, last time I've been here was about, uh, about a few months ago, and it was definitely not. That's right, you live here. Uh, yes. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder who the architect was. So, uh, so yeah, Fowler, you live here. And I'm going to guess Felix has also been here. He lived in New York, so he had to know. I'm, Schubert I'm a performer. Yeah, Schubert Theater's a landmark. I know the theaters. So, um, Mr. Fowler and Mr. Epstein, is it unusual for theaters to be expanding during the Depression? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all about income, you know. Um, bums on seats, love. Bums on seats. And, uh, oh, no, that means something different in America. Well, I, in the Depression, I guess. Um, it's literally bums on seats. It's literally bums on seats. Cheapest place to stay. Go and, go and watch the matinee. Cheapest place to sleep. Um, but, I mean, they're just, you know... I mean, the, the, the theatres are doing quite well because people want to take their mind off things. Um, but still, to, to have that sort of investment in... Yeah. Well, you can't even get backers to put plays on at the moment. There are lo loads of people struggling to find backers for their, their plays and their musicals. Um, so it's not the time for, for expanding a building like this. That's um, kind of fishy. Fowler, you live here, so I'm going to give you this without having to talk to anybody asking anybody. Um, so you remember just driving down Broadway, maybe once or twice, and um, the Schubert Theater, um, it was uh, being expanded and renovated uh, back in February, around the same time Virgil was asked to deliver the paperwork to Timothy. I remember back in February that they were doing renovations here and it seemed kind of odd, but I didn't think anything about it. Hey, that's the time that the, uh, the boxes were apparently delivered there. Yes, that is correct. William turns to Tommy and says, Tommy, what does this all mean? Well, you see... No, I think it's, uh, so Timothy was the architect in charge of this project. Mm. He was working here and Virgil was asked to deliver the boxes to him while he was working here. Well, I guess then the first port of call would be to find out if he had an office here. Yeah. Can, can, can we ask some of the staff that may be around just now if they recognize Timothy then? With the photograph? So there so there are no staff here. Uh, in fact, all the doors are locked except the one to the atrium, so to the actual theater. That one is uh, slightly ajar. Um, there is a door stopper in there. And actually, uh, if you were to quiet down, you could hear voices from inside. Um, you can hear uh, a man specifically um, speaking out very loudly, projecting. Shall we go and sneak about? Let's do it. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, let's <laughs> let's subtly sneak about the five of us. Okay. Um, <laughs> who has the lowest sneak? Um, I've got forty stealth. I'm I'm quite stealthy. I've got twenty percent. I might stay outside. Because we're gonna do a group roll, so someone's gonna to have to roll for. for I, d- I don't. I don't want to. Hit, I don't want to hinder. Twenty's base, I think. Well, wait a minute. Sorry. Are we literally sneaking, or I thought we were here just to ask questions? Well, if there's a rehearsal in in progress, I don't think uh, people would be would take too kindly to just five people wandering inside. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to interrupt the rehearsal. I thought there would just be other workers or somebody in the in an office somewhere. Um, there are offices, but those doors are all locked. The only door that is open is the one to the atrium, which is the actual theater. Oh. So it's the seat. I, I can wait at the doorway and all you sneaky guys can go and have a look. I would suggest looking near the newer build. Actually, I only have decent stuff, so I don't I, think I'm I, that great. I could, I could sneak in and have a have a look about. I I know my way around. Felix, give me a luck and, roll. Uh, you know, I'm I'm like a. Have you ever performed here, Felix? Uh, not in this theatre, no. But oh, um, or have I? Have you? That's what we're gonna find out. Well, yes, I have twenty-five. Oh, you have. Yes. He just you forgot. Hear you yes. may not have, you may not have uh, have worked at this venue, but you hear a voice saying, uh, "No, no, no! Your blocking is theater right. Come to center. Say your monologue, then move back and allow the extras to come in and fill the scene." And you hear that, and you recognize the voice. Uh, it's a guy. His name is Joey Walsh. He is an assistant director that you are familiar with. Ah, hey, I know that schmo. You guys wait here a minute. I'll be back in a, in a second. I'm going to, um, I'll start using my acting slang now, my theater slang now. I'm going to troll down. So you enter the atrium, so you're walking down the seats. Um, what, so there's the, the director, the producers uh, sitting in chairs uh, near the front. The assistant director is moving around near the front of the stage. Um, there's the conductor with the, uh, with the orchestra down in the pit. Um, stage hands are moving everywhere. Stage managers directing people. There's actors on the stage, and uh, Joey uh, he turns around and he just sees your like silhouetted figure, and he goes, "Sir, this is a closed set. We're rehearsing right now for tonight's show. If you please just exit through the door you came through, that'd be great. Thank you." And he just turns back around and he's, "No, no, 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 no." I'm just I'm gonna go and uh, sit down. In, in the front row, not with the uh, the director and producer, but um, on the other side of the aisle. Okay. Um, so when you sit down and he hears the chair squeak, he turns around and says, Sir! And then he looks at you and he goes, Felix! <laughs> Sir. <laughs> How are you doing? 
have you been? Just, of course it'd be you, a fucking magician who decides to waltz in here. You sneaky fucking bastard. The well, door's that's... open? Yeah, the door was uh, wide open. Oh my god. There was and no he... one out there. So and, he sh- and he goes, and he goes, Kelly, get a stagehand to close the doors. Uh, and he goes, how are you? I haven't seen you in, uh, how long has it been? Oh, it's been a, it's been a fair while. I've been out of town for a couple of years. But, yeah. Uh, are how you, are things uh, going here? Uh, terrible. <laughs> I've got, uh, I've got a director over here who is uh, very particular. I've got Dennis King, the actor from LA. He decided to come out here and try his hand at, uh, at theater acting. He's pretty good, but everyone else doesn't know their lines and we're on the second day. And he turns around and he says, so yeah, it's going, it's going pretty good. Hey, look, um, I won't take up any more of your time than I have to, but um, I wonder if you can help me with something. Oh no! Yeah, I'm um, look, I'm I'm doing a bit of work on the side with a couple of uh, private eyes. I read something in the newspaper about a year ago with your name in it. Crazy guy up in uh, Arkham, right? I wouldn't pay much attention to that. The 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 media got the the media got the story and ran with it and made up all sorts of nonsense. Yeah, that was that was silly, but um. We're just—it's just a missing persons, really. This this uh, this woman's mislaid her husband, and um, we we know that he worked on this building. We're wondering if he had an office here, maybe uh, any bits and pieces left behind that we could have a look at, try and figure out where he went. I mean, his, his wife's pregnant, you know. This guy's a bit of a heel. Okay. Um, he was the this? architect. His name was Tucker. I don't know anything about that, but they've been doing renovations here. Um, they uh, they added a whole new wing, an executive wing. Um, they're thinking about adding a second theater down on that end. They've uh, uh, they, they, they 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 rezoned this entire area, so we uh, so we're getting the back lot too. They just demolished they that and added it. on the section. Oh yeah. Um, I see. Now, uh, if I remember correctly, they spent most of their times in the uh, backstage. They added a, a, a separate uh, layer for actors, so they go downstairs. So there's now two sets of dressing rooms, um, and we have a basement level and everything. Luckily, they didn't stop production. They didn't touch the atrium, thank fucking God. Well, that's good. Well, you wouldn't want to mess with this, would you? It's a lovely building, really. Well, yeah. Uh, Schubert's cool, too. And he points and he says, "That's uh, that's uh, Schubert over there." And he uh, and he points. He goes, "Well, you know, one of them. That's one of the Schuberts." Hey, Benny, uh, you, 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 you mind if I uh, sneak backstage, backstage, and have a have a bit of a poke about down there? Uh, you know, for um, old times' sake. I don't know about right now. I've got actors back there. They're getting dressed. Uh, well, when would be the best time, do you think? If I didn't want to attract any attention to myself. I mean, I just, I, w- I just want to do right by this, by this woman. Yeah, find yeah, out, yeah. Find out that where this heel's gone, and and make sure he he, he pays for the upkeep of his kid. You know? Um, come back around evening before call. All right. 
Yeah, yeah. Round four thirty. Actors show up at six. Gives you an hour. Okay. I'll come. Uh, I'll come around by the stage door. All right. All right. All right. Less, less of a grandiose entrance. All right. Well, yeah. I don't need the director knowing that you're traipsing around looking for somebody while we're getting a show going on. Discretion of, is my middle name. Speaking of that, I gotta well, go. It's Moses, but. Yeah. And, he, and he goes, eh, Jews. And he goes, all right. We're gonna do this again from the top. Uh, I, will, I will quietly walk out. I'll. Uh, tip my, my hat at him. All right. Uh, and he kind of gives you a wave. He doesn't even look back at you. He just kind of knows that you tipped at your hat and just, yep, yeah, okay, move on. Um, all right. So uh, Felix now is back in the auditorium with everybody else. Well, as luck would have it, um, I happen to know someone down there. So um He's uh, he's going to let me pop back a little bit later, about half four. And uh, apparently there's a whole level that they used during the renovation that's uh, down in the basement. So um, have a little bit of a poke about down there. See what we can find. Maybe maybe Tucker left something here. But he said that this place was rezoned. And you know, when we went to the um, the city planner's office, there was a lot of uh, kerfuffle. I don't think American rezoned. There, there was a lot of Michigos about um, rezoning going on there. Wasn't that also mentioned in the newspaper? Yeah, makes me wonder whether uh, this Schubert Theater might be uh, more interesting than we thought. Well, what we're seeing is a great deal of corruption, money changing. Uh, Schubert Theater wants more, uh, more space, uh, more place yeah, to like park they've got it. and they're paying off the, the what you call the, the guys in City Hall to shut their mouths or rezone and. Well, clearly the. Uh... Whoever's involved in the corruption angle thing is, is obviously trustworthy enough that they, they feel they can send boxes of documents down here to be hidden, if indeed they were hidden. I mean, they what? might have ended up. But doesn't it seem to be... What, if, the, what if it wasn't just documents? Well, what, is, what are you thinking, Fallon? Well, maybe it could be documents, but there also could be money hidden inside the boxes, too. I think the well, money was going the other way. Yeah. Um, doesn't it seem, though, to you, after all of this, that Timothy Giles and uh, the other fellow were playing their own sort of shyster game going on underneath the corruption in City Hall, seeing how much money they could get out of it. Obviously, we found a big chunk of it. To be yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. Mm. Although yeah. Timothy also had this whole occult kind of thing going on as well. It strikes me that if there was, if there was somewhere to hide, it could be here if he was involved with the construction. And yeah, true. 
Um, but we can come back later on. We'll have to come back later. Okay. So you guys are heading yeah. out? We're going to the bank. To the going bank. To the bank. So, uh, Hawk and William, you push open the doors uh, out into the street. Light is blinding. Um, down by your car, there are two men, suits, trench coats, hats. Uh, they got their hands shoved in their pockets. They're literally lean one is leaning on uh, Fowler's car. As soon as they see this, uh, the five of you, um, they turn up and they, they push off and they begin walking towards you. Uh, and they say, uh, Watch out, guys, flashers. We say, uh, Mr. Hawk, Mr. Olmstead Green, Mr. Epstein, uh, Mr. Fowler, and uh, of course, who wants Tommy. to know? They reach in and they pull out badges and they say, oh, Great. <clears throat> Leon. They say, Leon Rice and Alex Fletcher were with the uh, state investigators. Uh-huh. Uh, thank, thank goodness, I guess. And, yeah, uh, thank you. And uh, how, pray tell, did you know where we were? Well, we heard that there were some private investigators looking into the Timothy Tucker case. Then we heard that there were people looking into City Hall. And then we heard uh, word that uh, through the grapevine that some people were looking into the Giles murder. So we've been on Timothy Tucker for some time now, along with City Hall, as I imagine that you've uh, come across. Uh, So as soon as we heard that some private investigators were involved in this, we began moving forward. Um, Is there a a place that we can talk more privately? We have a... uh, there's a there's a, a restaurant that we can go to, very quiet, secluded in Little Italy. Um, if you'd like to talk more, I'm sure that you have information, and we'd like to share uh, whatever information we have with you. Get on the same page. Excuse me for one moment. And they fold uh, their badges and put it in their coats and say, "Take your time." I huddle with my my companions, like football huddle yeah like, uh, I have any reason to trust these people well, Leon Rice. Leon well, Rice. he's the guy that um, Greta was dealing with the fact that they want to share information sounds quite generous but maybe this is what we're looking for we need to make a connection with you want, you want rid of that ledger Mr. Hawk and so do I we need to make a connection with the Seabury Commission or something. But how do we know they're even involved in that? These these guys show up out of nowhere. Well, we don't yet. They do have badges. Yeah. Has their names on it, has their unit number. There, there's no corruption in that, that department at all. Come on. And I've got about 11 grand in my pocket. <laughs> like you said, I think Felix just said... Um, Greta told us that she has been getting information from Leon. I'm not sure I trust fucking Greta. <laughs> Is there anyone you trust? Well, we I trust we... you. Honest <laughs> to God, I trust you and you and you, not Fowler and you. <laughs> Good. I don't trust you either, there, Clifton. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the... at some point. We've we've got to trust someone at some point. 
and yeah, right. These, well, these like, seems like our best option. Keep We're your, a huddle. Let's have a cuddle. Keep your hands on your knot. Keep your hands on your knife, Felix. Yep. Don't you worry. And they call up, uh, Mr. Hawk, gentlemen. Uh, should we have a conversation or? Yes. Yeah. All right. And they reach into uh, uh, Alex, uh, Mr. Fletcher. Uh, he pulls out uh, a, a notepad and he writes down an address and hands it over to Fowler. And says, this is where we're going. Uh, if you can just uh, head there, we'll probably beat you there. All right. See, we're going to get there and they're going to beat us. That's what he just said. They're going to beat us. Is, is, there, is there a payphone along the way? Um, oh, yeah. There's payphones in every corner. Well, I'd like to just phone the hotel and uh, talk to Greta very, very quickly. Okay. Uh, so you, uh, you ring. She picks up immediately and she goes, Vincent, what do you have? This is uh, Felix. Oh, Felix. Yeah. Um, hi. Uh, what do you need? Look, we've um, we've got a meeting lined up with your man uh, Rice. And you immediately hear like a pen and paper drop, and uh, and she goes, "You have a meeting with 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 Leon Rice. He's the state investigator I told you about." That's right. Is he on the level? Can we trust oh, him? Oh yeah, he's the one that told me. Um, he's the one that, that that told me that there was a man on the inside. So he's Felix. not on the take. Felix, have her describe what he looks like. Yeah, what what does he look like, this guy? Oh, um, and she kind of uh, kind of scoffs and says, uh, "Hard face, uh, blue eyes. Blue eyes is correct. Um, he wears black. He wore black, um, and a uh, and he had a, a black fedora on." So does everybody in the whole city. <laughs> exactly. Come on, you're a reporter. Distinguishing marks. She, left, uh, left nostril larger than his right nostril. <laughs> uh, she says he was, uh, he was bald and, uh, and uh, he, had a, uh, he had a badge. Does it match? Oh, yeah, it matches. He looked like a man. He, he looks like your man. At least similar to your man. There's bald, there's bald people all over the city. Because they could have, these guys could have murdered the investigators and then taken their place. Yeah, it could possibly be. <sighs> all right. I guess we're going to trust this guy. Go to this meeting with, what should we call Let's call them... The Men in Black. That's got a nice ring to it. That sounds kind of catchy. Don't, don't say that around William. Um, Thomas, what was the other name? Was it Fletcher? Somebody Fletcher? Alex, Alex Fletcher. Alice? Alex. Oh, Alex. Yeah. Is Greta familiar with that name? Uh, she knows that that was his partner. Okay, well, you know, that's, that's got a touch of walk into it. I say we just go and meet them. All right, let's I go. say let's meet them too. What's okay. the worst that can happen? Um, 
All right. So something involving a Biaki, probably. So you guys drive down to uh, DeFazio's. It is a restaurant in Little Italy, New York. Um, no, it's 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 known for the shady types, Felix and Fowler. It's known for you know, it's Little Italy. Um, but as you guys walk in. Um, very dimly lit. There's no one in there. It's only like 10.30. Um, you can see that uh, both state investigators are sitting in a booth uh, in the very, very far corner. Gentlemen. And they nod. And they kind of just point to the booth. And they go, so, you've been looking into Timothy Tucker for what? Five days, almost? About that, yep. And uh, what all have you gotten? Well, we know that um, City Hall is uh, as bent as a $3 bill. No, you're not, not wrong about that. Yeah, and we know that, uh, well, let's say we suspect very strongly that Tucker was your inside man. Well, let's go over what we know. First off, four months ago, a man named Converse he purchases a uh, he purchases and then imports a black Mercedes Benz 770. It's a $10,000 car. How to get that money? He's a government worker. Wow. So, we have two theories as to what's going on. Uh, one Converse, because he has access to the reports, he's been fudging contracts and adjusting zoning lines and permits under the direction of the city planners committee in conjunction with the, uh, in conjunction with city hall. As a reward, he's being funneled money that's being marked as donations. Now we assume that this is happening throughout the entire government. You know, people are doing favors for the people at the top. These people at the top have people to uh, to appease who are funneling the money and it's just being distributed. It's like a, it's like a huge laundering scheme, huge bribe scene. Um, mm -hmm. So, what's suspicious uh, is that Converse is a clear example of accepting bribes. Um, but Converse isn't the lead suspect in Guile's death. Timothy is. So you think Timothy's still at large? Yes. Now, uh, the, the problem is, is that we know two things also. One thing is, is that there's a ledger that's missing. Um, Converse and, uh, and, and Giles apparently were fighting constantly about it. They didn't know where it went. Um, but uh, now while the ledger is proving that money is being funneled, we don't have the documents revealing that the city planner's office was taking bribes. 
So um, essentially what we're looking for here, the bigger picture of the Steepery Commission is who is funneling the money into City Hall? On the outside, we're looking into the mayor, but who's giving the money to the mayor? There are people up at the top who are giving these bribes to the city government. Uh, well, isn't the most likely suspect the mob? No. The mob doesn't have this kind of money. Uh, Rockefeller has this kind of money. Do you think um, George Fulton might have this kind of money? I mean, he's a wealthy businessman. He's an entrepreneur. I'm sure he does. Um, right now, everything that we have, even if we have, um, if we have, if we have these memos and documents, okay, we have the memos and documents. We don't have the ledger that proves the money is going in. If we have the ledger, we don't have the documents proving that there was intent. It could. It just looks like donations that were spread amongst everybody. We need intent. And we need proof that there was money being funneled. The two go together. Timothy never actively participated in bribing or fudging of documents. That wasn't, he was an architect. Okay, but we're gonna guess that he had, he caught on. As a result, he saw a money-making opportunity by taking the contracts and memos, which we assume he took along with the, uh, along with the ledger he could blackmail the city planners committee easily. Ah. Uh, and and Converse and Giles were were actively a part of that conspiracy, so he could have blackmailed them too. Uh, now, Giles was our man on the inside. He was the man on the inside, and he wanted to tell us everything the night he died. But. We actually planned to meet Giles, but we were too late. Uh, he was dead. Cops were everywhere. We asked some questions, but they said it was a robbery. Now, we're going to guess that Timothy most likely confronted him and killed him for whatever reason. Uh, it's possible that Giles uh, had a hand in the blackmailing, but he maybe wanted more money, or maybe he felt like... Uh, like, like, maybe he felt guilty about it. He wanted to stop. Timothy wanted that incoming money. Uh, we also have reason to believe that Timothy has a secret lover, uh, one that uh, he may be staying with to keep kind of under the radar. And uh, that's what we've got. Well... We, we have an eyewitness that said that a man fitting the exact description of George Fulton of Silver Star, who had, was reported in the newspaper having donated all of the work that they did, I think it was on the waterworks or something like that in the city, free of charge. So yeah. that, that shows you how much money he's got. He was seen watching Timothy's house well, just goes to show that, you know, the mayor, you know, he's worried, but the people, you know, just above the mayor, the people giving him this money are more worried. If the corruption comes out, uh, either A, they all go to jail, or B, 
mayor is removed, entire city government is shuffled, new person people are, 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 are placed in in an emergency candidacy, and they don't get what they want. They don't get zones rezoned. They don't get um, blocks entirely, uh, districts entirely shuffled around. What do you know about uh, Tucker's girlfriend? Anything? Uh, we have a name, Tally. Yeah, that's pretty much all we found out. Yeah. yeah. We're looking into it, though. Gentlemen, um, we may be able to help you, but we have to, uh, we have to check a few other things first. Um, I have a question for you. Huh. Were you... Part of our part of our investigation leads us to believe that there is something of an occult nature uh, that's going on here. Um, actually, aside for a second to the GM, was it them that looked that looked through Timothy's office and found the occult book? According to uh, Virgil, it was the Goon Squad. It was oh, Mayor Walker's geez. people. All right. Um, well, we have reason to believe that there is some sort of occult activity that's going on here that may in some way be involved. We haven't quite put our finger on it yet, but Timothy seems to have been into something possibly more sinister than just blackmail. Well, all I can tell you... Uh... If you guys are into that weird hocus-pocus stuff, I don't give a fuck. What I care about is the money is coming from somewhere, and the money is going somewhere. Did you just say the F word at half past ten in the morning? <laughs> I did. Look around. Restaurant. Um, he meant fungal. Thank uh, you. Well, um... Let's. If we uh, if we turn up any of this evidence along the way, where can we reach you? And are you the safest people to turn it over to? Well, we can always get it to our superiors. Um, the prosecution is working very very closely with the governor's office, and we report directly to the prosecution. Um, I was actually going to ask you the exact same question. We don't know anything. We know who you are. We've been we've been asking around, uh, but we don't know where to find you. Let's to to summarize. Let's explain to them how we got involved. Uh, that we were pulled in here uh, by Timothy Tucker's brother. Okay. Um, but before we could actually discover what that was all about, uh, his brother committed suicide. Apparently. Uh, in a very expensive Manhattan uh, hotel penthouse. The question being, how did he get that kind of money? What was, how was he involved? Exactly. Um, um, we also explained that from all of the, uh, the reported information uh, within the neighborhood where Timothy Tucker lived, he seemed like a perfectly normal happily married man expecting a child. And of course, 
you know, good people do bad things. H.H. Holmes also seemed normal. Um, I, I also might mention to them that the little girl said that he would go into the backyard and stare at a particular area in his yard, and I've often wondered if there was something there. And uh, and they and they uh, kind of look at each other and they say, "Well, all that sounds a little odd, but uh, if there is something in the backyard, we don't have a subpoena to go looking for it. Uh, we don't have that ability." Um. But also, you know, we're, we weren't hired to, to look into the strangeness. We were just, we're looking into the, to the, uh, into the money. So do you have any idea where the money could have gone? Do you know where, do you have any proof that they were taking bribes? Do you, do you know where the ledger is? Do you know where these memos and documents are? We'll get back to you. Okay. Uh, and they write down and they say, all right. Um, and like I said, we were about to ask you, how can we get in contact with you? Do you have a phone number? Well, we also talked to them about uh, the incident that happened last night. Well, that's how we mainly got in touch with you. Um, I say I... That we're not... Well, what I was going to say is I'm not exactly sure if we're going to be staying in the same place for any okay. great time. I will give them my number. Uh, That's a good idea. And I'm like, it's this is my own life. personal address. Uh, my personal not phone number, I should say. Um, right. And if you need to get a hold of me, uh, I have somebody usually there to uh, get, that will get a hold of me. All right. Um, and of course, we're not allowed to disclose our number with anybody outside of the investigation. How do we get a hold of you, though? Hold of you. We get a hold of you. Uh, oh, that's no good. That's no good. We need to be and able I, to get a hold of you at a moment's notice if we find something. And I, 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 I was just about to hand him when he said that. I kind of, I kind of put it back. I pull it back, and I'm like, we, I. We, we are involved in the investigation. You're not state investigators. You're private investigators. We understand that. I totally understand that. And I just would like, you know, just in case we case we find something, we kind of want to get a hold of you. So, or if we, we could, can... We could give them our original hotel number and they could, contact, they could check in in the other hotel. Well, it's easy for them to get a hold of us. They can just call Fowler's house. But we need to be able to get a hold of you, of them. And they uh, sigh and they say, all right, send a telegram. And they write down an address here. And it's a P.O. box. And they say, we're going to check that every day. If something comes up, just telegram that address. Okay, that's that's really all I want to. That's all check I want. Check it ten times a day, wow. and I hand them my. Then I officially hand them my number. Well, it sounds like you don't have uh, much more than us, so I doubt that we're going to be uh, 
contacting you all further. And they begin writing, they're writing in their notebooks. I say, like I said, uh, you guys are private investigators. You two look like you're in college. Uh, I don't even know who you are. You say you're a private investigator and I've heard you on the radio. So you're barely a private investigator. We're a team. Well, just make sure you don't get hurt. So that, guy, people... that, that guy over there can do magic tricks. Oh, a magician. That's always good. Uh, on to Arthur. Um, he said he killed himself. Are yes. you sure? No. Because there was a report in the paper about a city employee who killed himself. Hmm. So, they, and they write some more stuff down. Say, well, we'll be in touch. And they stand up and they kind of scoot out of the booth. Uh, and they hold out their hands. And they say, gentlemen. Hi. What do you guys think of Greta? Uh, and they look at one another. And, uh, and Alex, he says, uh, she's getting too nosy. I'll just leave it at that. You guys trust her? Hmm? Do you trust her? She's, I don't know if I trust her. I mean, she's a good person, but I don't think she has the common sense to not stick her nose where it shouldn't belong. Has she helped you at all? No. Have you helped her? I believe so. Uh, Alex, he points at, uh, at Leon says, I, I believe uh, Leon Calder gave her some kind of information. He nods and says, yep, I told her uh, that uh, we had a mole on the inside. Didn't give her anything other than that. She was calling around asking about, uh, about City Hall. We just gave her a little bit, something to, uh, you know, kind of stop that. But clearly that was just her pulling at the thread. What was the... You talked about a Mercedes car? Black Mercedes 770. It's imported It's imported from Whoa. Germany. I'm like, that is a beautiful, yeah, it must be a beautiful car. Well, it's, it's 10 grand's worth, you know. Ooh. That's just foolish. That's some price tag. If I had a large wad of cash in my pocket, I certainly wouldn't go advertising it by buying expensive cars. Well, when when you're part of the group that has the police in their pocket, maybe you think otherwise. I guess or maybe so. Just, or maybe he's just stupider than you. Well, thanks. We'll get back to you. And they smile and nod, uh, and they walk away. Like before that, I kind of, you know, kind of and like thank you guys so much, and I kind of give him like a. And she kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, they, they shake your hand too. A little peck on oh, I'm, I'm not going to shake their hand. They they um, they dissed me for being a, a magician. Yeah, well, yeah, they walk away. I mean, you have to kind of understand. State I'm investigators question. I'm, I'm not going to shake their hand because I'm worried about infection. 
So, uh, and they and they and they take everyone. Uh, they they shake the people who hold out their hands and and shake, but everyone else they kind of just like all right, uh, and they, they leave. do that. Yeah, they're just like all they're right. Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah, they're Boy Scouts. They're Cub Scouts actually. All right. <laughs> you just you just did the three, two, one. They're Ted Rogers. Yeah. Onto the bank. Enough of this. On- <laughs> <laughs> Mick uh, has lost it from lack of sleep. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I find be, it that funny. It must be about 30 years since I've ever thought of Ted Rogers. Yeah, and it wasn't American. <laughs> I don't have a clue what Ted Rogers, who Ted Rogers is. I was a quiz show. Wasn't it like they had like a really bad looking set too? Oh, it, it was uh, awful. Its yeah. main character, main character was a, a bin, dusty bin, or like a rubbish bin. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, moving on, on. On to the bank. So you guys go to the bank, asking any question about W. Darby. We're looking, we're looking into it. Uh, oh, I still don't know. We're going to call you when we have something. Jeez, what do they do in the bank? Sit around and count money? Uh, oh, they move at glacial speed. As for the ledger, um, when Hawk goes to put in the key, uh, turn, the, uh, turn the lock uh, at, the, uh, at the box, uh, and he opens it, the ledger is gone. Motherfucker. Is this at the bank? This is at the bank. All right, you guys get your guns out. Come on. Let's just hold this place up. <laughs> yeah. This is a motherfucking robbery. Well, I'll tell you what. Nobody I moved. ain't going to put my money in this bank. <laughs> in the immortal words of John Dillinger, everybody get on the floor and you won't be hurt. How the fuck did they get into the bank? What's that, Shalimar? Well, we obviously we obviously need to hold these guys to account. They've, yeah, this is this is serious. They basically let somebody walk in and open a. Yeah, you could probably ask the teller. Yeah, that's that's we're now. So now that's, um, that would be something to inform the Seabury uh, blokes about because that, um, compromising the integrity of a safe deposit box, is I believe a federal offence. Well, Mister Hawk, I'm glad you didn't say we've got. We've got the ledger. <laughs> so um, guys. I was Are being you, careful. I didn't want to reveal too much too soon. Um, do you want to ask the teller about this? Sure. I want to ask the bank manager. Yeah. Um, teller, bank manager, they all come. Um, and when you begin asking, um, they go through the books and they, uh, and they, the manager, he looks up and says, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, no one unauthorized has, uh, has opened this. Um, we have uh, you opening the account. Um, that was with all of you. Um, and then uh, about a day and a half later, um, Mr. Fowler came in. Fowler? When did you come in? I, I, had, to, I had to make a deposit. Was, well, he's the only one that uh, 
that opened the box on that day. And then uh, next was you today. What do you mean you made it? Why did you? What the hell's going on here, Fowler? What? Where's the ledger? I don't know where the ledger is. Was the ledger here when you opened the box? Yes, it was. Was the ledger there when you closed the box? <laughs> yes, it was. Why did you open the box? I had to make sure the ledger was there. And um, I had to do more things in there, which obviously uh, got. Felix, give me an intelligence roll. Seventeen out of seventy. A day and a half ago was uh, was about yesterday morning when you were waiting outside of the municipality building and Fowler came late. I'll point that out, I think. What, what's going on here? Uh, gentlemen, uh, is there anything I can uh, help you all with after this point? No, thank you very much. Have you, got, uh, have you got a murder room here? <laughs> yeah, Pictures? we could use a murder room if you have one. Yes. We don't have a soundproof holes. with rotating knives. Fowler, what the fuck's up? Where... where you were the last one to see the ledger. Where is the ledger? Yes. I don't know where the ledger is. But nobody opened this box except you. Honestly, I don't know where it is. Unless a bank staff member was paid a lot of money to open that box. I don't think they have a key. They have a master key. Yeah, there's a master key. There's a master key that opens all the boxes. You know, if someone had an account there and they had a big enough account and were a valuable enough um, customer, I think they could get hold of that key. Damn it. I knew we should have taken that ledger immediately to the, the authorities. Leon said that the people involved have more money than the mob. Only Rockefeller is who we compared him to. The only names I can think of are bankers and politicians. Mm. Yeah, this could if go. This was Chicago. I'd say that Bruce Wayne fellow. Well, and like uh, you know, so uh, yeah, Leon was basically comparing the people at the top to Ford and Rockefeller people. People who entrepreneurs who build who are in the sky who built the skyscrapers. Well, then it's like six or seven people. <laughs> well, it's a uh, it's a very uh, it's a very it's the people who have money, essentially. But what he's basically yeah. saying is it could be the owner of this bank. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. Now what the fuck do we do? Um, 
William's depressed because we've just lost our ace that we had up our sleeve. Let's go back and Fowler, have some cake what, with uh, Greta. Fowler, what did you put in the safe deposit box? I I put a few of, you know, a few little knickknacks and the jewelry in there. Psychology roll. Go ahead. Can I do one too? Yeah, sure. What is my psychology? I thought. What did you put in that little things about the house, Malcolm? Fifty-nine. Well, that's a pass. It's not a not a great pass, but pass. Is he lying? How about you, Ken? Airfield. Can I make a psychology roll? Sure, why don't everybody give me a psychology roll? Because <laughs> I think I just feel compelled to do so because I'm very suspicious at this point. I will, even though I am beat. I got 14 out of 40. Okay. Which is that's, um, a hard. A hard? That's a hard. Uh, Felix, he's lying. I think you're a goddamn liar, Fowler. <laughs> Knickknacks and jewelry. Like a man like you couldn't afford his own safe deposit box. What the hell's going on here? Where's the knickknacks and jewelry? <laughs> yeah. And why were you putting a packet of crisps <laughs> from What's... the 21st century Europe in a 1930s <laughs> safe deposit box? Who said, you could put the, who said you could put the lays in the box? That's not valuable. <laughs> no one likes knickknacks anyway. They're just poor man's right. twiglets. You want to end here? Yeah, wow. Well, I think yeah, we, hu- we hustled Dexter into the car. We're taking him to an old warehouse at the end of the, uh, near the <laughs> wharf. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to have a talk. We'll take him there in the trunk. All right. <sighs> Our players included Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, Corey Heisted, Ken Trench, and myself, with Thomas McKeon as the keeper of the secrets, and uh, and Corey is the rat bastard working on the show. <laughs> uh, we're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post production, in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love hearing them. This is Tom Rayleigh inviting you, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. (laughs) 